and welcome to the Investment Week podcast for May, where we analyse the biggest investment news stories and speak to leading investors about the most important issues on their minds. I'm your host, Anna Fedorova. I am the news editor of Investment Week. Investment Week has been the premier publication serving professional investors in the UK since 1995. You can find out more about us by visiting www.investmentweek.co.uk. In this episode of the podcast, we will discuss the strong inflows into technology and robotics funds and ETFs, as well as the impact of disruptive technologies on the investment industry and beyond. In the second half of the podcast, I'll speak to Ed Smith, Asset Allocation Strategist at Rathbones, to discuss the way technological advances are revolutionising various industries, what we can expect to see in the future, and how soon this future is likely to come. But first, let me welcome to the studio Howie Lee, CEO of Canvas at ETF Securities, who also runs the team behind the Robo Global Robotics and Automation ETF, to discuss the strong inflows into this area um, of the market, the outlook for the sector, and his own views on tech investing. Um, welcome, Howie. Thanks for having me, Hannah. Um, now, ETF Securities got a number of, of offerings in the technology space. So the one that I've mentioned, you've also got a cybersecurity ETF. Yes. Um, so... Um, what sort of inflows have you seen into the area? Um, what what sort of the the outlook behind behind what we're seeing at the moment? Yeah, so um, at ETF Securities, we've got a, a tech offering that's um, closing in on about six hundred million uh, US dollars um, in terms of inflows. We've seen uh, robotics being, I suppose, taking quite mm. the lead in terms of year to date inflows. So so far, um, we've seen um, since the beginning of January about two hundred twenty million. Um, coming into yeah. our strategy there. Uh, and on the cybersecurity side, we have just about 60. Yeah. Um, so AUM-wise, is roughly broken up 430 on the robotic strategy, uh, and on cybersecurity, about 150 million. And this has been sort of reflected in the wider industry, hasn't it? We've seen quite a lot of inflows into, into technology, into robotics, into, into that cybersecurity space, into um, artificial intelligence as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's certainly a theme that's captured a lot of uh, investors' imaginations, but also uh, the conviction in terms of how they invest. It also helps, I think, on the performance side. Uh, you know, Year-to-date performance on both of those are in double digits already mm. as we sit kind of four months in. Um, it's it's also very easy to uh, understand the investment theme here because I think we all hear and talk about robotics and automation in the news, in the press, uh, quite often, and also on cybersecurity as well, as more and more of our lives are increasingly online. And what do you think is driving that interest and those inflows at the moment? Yeah, do you know what? I think there's probably three things that we can uh, break it down to. Um, first and foremost, um, and this applies to both of the strategies that, that uh, we run at the moment, uh, you know, investors are very much looking for long-term megatrends. Mm. Um, and by long-term megatrends, we're talking about um, you know multi-year um, p- um, potential for growth uh, and something that's really going to change um, the way that we live our lives and the way that um, we uh, operate um, our our day-to-day kind of activities. Uh, what what also helps, of course, is you know various things that are highlighted at um, summits such as Davos, uh, mm-hmm. but also by um, you know the U.S. President Trump uh, coming into power, talking about things like cybersecurity um, as well as robotics. Mm-hmm. So we could rewind two years ago. 
ago, um, Davos was very much dedicated uh, to robotics. Um, and then this year, a lot of it was touching on cybersecurity. Mm. Um, and same thing with Trump. Trump's um, made a very big headline around you know, cybersecurity, the increased need to invest. Um, and likewise, talking about needing to bring jobs back into yeah. the U.S., where admittedly the uh, rates, uh, labor rates are higher than, let's say, emerging economies. But in order to do that, you need to do that efficiently. And therefore, robotics and automation will play a very key part of that. So you kind of see that, um, you know, being publicized a lot. You also see the um, GCHQ uh, opening a dedicated cybersecurity center um, and more and more businesses publicly saying we are investing uh, more in cybersecurity. We are investing in automation for efficiency. So with those kind of messages hitting um, the broad mass market, it really starts bringing some conviction into, you know, what people believe in when it comes to this megatrend. Um, a question, actually, that uh, I often get asked is, you know, again, you know, why are we seeing this this kind of growth? Yeah. And a question I like to normally ask is, well, you know, what um, conviction do investors have? Uh, do we, for example, have more conviction that the policies uh, that, let's say, Donald Trump has set for the next four years being delivered at the end of the four years, do investors have more conviction on that? Or do they have more conviction that automation is going to be a bigger part of our lives and yeah. online data uh, and cybersecurity being a bigger part of our lives four years later. And generally, the conviction is heavier on the latter. Yeah. So I think, again, it just brings some certainty in term, terms of how we invest. Um, and then the third part in terms of, uh, you, know, what, you know, why are we seeing these inflows is very much uh, how people are thinking about their investment portfolios. Mm -hmm. So uh, clearly, portfolio growth is, is one key aspect. You know, these kind of mega trends for us, we very much define it as something that's happening in the macro level um, where you're seeing year on year compound annual growth rates uh, of in excess of 10%. Um, so, you know, that, that, that obviously helps position um, certain these types of investments in an investor's portfolio. But also, you're looking for different types of holdings. Um, a lot of people hold things like the FTSE 100, the S&P 500, um, and, and those are generally large cap companies, whereas these investment themes are actually coming out, most of the growth drivers are coming out of small to medium caps. So the ability to... Um, I suppose, experience this growth whilst holding smaller companies um, and, and, or growing companies, this is where the, these investment trends come from. And of course, I think uh, you've probably covered this in the past. People are still looking for inflation, inflation beating returns mm -hmm. amongst this kind of low interest rates yeah, it's uh, environment. It's getting harder now that inflation's seems to be going up across the world as well. Absolutely. I think, you know, we certainly expect to see that um, to be a theme over the next couple of years. Um, you know, we've, we've obviously come through a period um, since the financial banking crisis where uh, interest rates have been suppressed for quite some time, but we're seeing um, quantitative easing obviously mm. changing pace at the moment. Um, and, and so these are the kind of challenges that investors will be looking at. Uh, and, and looking at long-term growth trends mm. is one way to uh, deliver that view. Yeah. Um, so I guess when you see these sorts of inflows and when you see um, an area of the market being talked about quite a lot as as the technology themes are at the moment, um, people inevitably start worrying about areas of the market being overvalued and um, and things going up too much. So what's your take at the moment? Do you, do you think that there's still quite a long way to go? Do you think that there are areas that are looking a bit 
a bit expensive now? Yeah, well, it's it's a good question, Anna, and and I think it's all about context. Um, so, you know, at the moment, uh, the robotics universe as we've been kind of monitoring is very much probably trading at about a uh, a thirty PE ratio um, and slightly higher on on, on the um, cybersecurity, roughly about high thirties. Um, but the context here is very much okay. Well, where have the valuations been before? Uh, as an example, if you kind of rewind uh, to, say, 2013, so that's roughly about three and some years ago, mm. you, you saw some of these trading at 70. Mm. Um, and so that's, you know, more than yeah. double. Uh, so obviously there's a bit of headroom. You rewind back into, uh, you know, what everyone's always afraid of um, in the late 90s, early mm. 2000s, the, the dot-com bubble, you know, you're seeing tech valuations at 100 times um, type of multiples. Here, we're talking about pretty sensible multiples applied to a um, long-term growing industry. So if you take a look at a, a, a typical tech benchmark, if you will, that's trading at around kind of the low 20s already. Um, and if, uh, you know, those are generally um, made up of, say, large cap companies, to have an exposure which is small to medium cap with a slightly higher um, kind of valuation multiple, uh, you know, that's still very acceptable. And, you know, certainly in our view, um, you know, there's definitely headroom to grow, uh, especially in the context of what's happening in the wider tech market, what's happening in the wider equities market, but also, you know, what kind of you know, overvaluation um, uh, multiples we've seen in, in history. So at the moment, you know, th things are still uh, fairly valued. And the thing for us, um, you know, we, we often speak to investors about is the conviction is all around the compound annual growth yeah. rate of the industry. Um, and, you know, is this sustainable? Are there further developments? Are there ver uh, further impetus that will kind of feed this, um, the growth of this? And, and our view is very much that there, sure. there, there's plenty to come. So perhaps it's not too late to get in. Uh, no, stage. not at all. Uh, not at all. <laughs> um, and just lastly, in terms of your own, uh, your own outlook on on that area and um, your own thoughts about technology, um, which areas of the market are you particularly excited about? And um, I mean, are you yourself invested in in the tech revolution? Yeah, it's a it's a very good question. So um, obviously, robotics and automation, as well as cybersecurity, touches many many different areas of our lives and different sectors. So even on robotics, we're talking about eight actual sectors that it hits, mm -hmm. um, as defined by Robo Global, our partner, uh, and also five different types of technologies. Um, so the areas that I kind of look at a lot is you know how is our everyday how's our everyday life uh, interacting with the internet um, and where is this data being used um, you know companies and uh, you know services are acquiring more and more data which is why cybersecurity is such a big risk but how is that being used uh, and and really that that I suppose forms a base of, of how I look at things um, but in terms of the areas that I think where a lot of you know that areas of growth that I think can come out of you know linking into robotics and linking to cybersecurity is around kind of the logistics and warehousing you, you see the likes of Amazon very much taking the lead in that space um, we think healthcare is also another area that um, will benefit from this tech revolution, um, both in automation um, as well as the use of data um, being shared around. Uh, and then, of course, the creation and storage of energy being a very, very topical um, uh, uh, theme at the moment uh, because of uh, it's all about kind of long-term sustainability. Yeah. So, yeah, those three areas are um, areas that, um, you know, that interest me the most. Uh, and am I invested? Uh, yes, I am. I'm invested mm -hmm. in both robotics and cybersecurity. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time, Harry. That was very interesting. It'd be great to have this conversation in a few years' time and see see where we are. Hopefully, there'll be a lot more 
developments out there that we'll be able to discuss. Absolutely. Thank you for having me again, Anna. Cheers. joined by Ed Smith, Asset Allocation Strategist at Rathbones. Ed recently co-authored a report with other colleagues at Rathbones, including CIO Julian Chillingworth, entitled How Soon Is Now? Um, The Investment Impact of Disruptive Technologies, which examines the potential impact um, of investing in new technologies on um, portfolios. So firstly, why did Rathbones decide to address this issue of disruptive technology in the report? Well, more and more, we're hearing claims that technology is changing the world at an unprecedented pace. Now, whether developments in still fairly task-based artificial intelligence or big data, as important as they are, will deliver as much change as steam power or electrification or the indoor toilet, I think, is pretty Mm -hmm. debatable. But, uh, but nevertheless, as investors, yeah, we've got to stay on top of um, uh, any process of change. And we've got to think about what new technologies can do to employment, what they can do to wages, what they could do to interest rates, what they could do to the goods and services that various companies uh, offer into the marketplace and the demand for them, or what it does to companies' input costs. So I think yeah, since the global financial crisis, people have put technology on the back burner and have just focused on debt and Mm. politics and all of that actually you always need to focus on technology and we're just bringing that back to the back to the fore and the area that you focused on in the report opens with the threat to jobs in particular from intelligent robots so is this expression of technophobia a fair assessment of the impact of um, increased automation in the world well Technophobia uh, in relation to jobs, the idea that new technologies will cause mass unemployment uh, is nothing new. Pericles spent vast sums of money on public works to employ all the people he thought were going to lose mm. their jobs um, from, uh, from technology. Elizabeth I denied an inventor a, knitting mm. pa- a patent for a knitting machine <laughs> because she thought it was going to turn all of her subjects into beggars. Uh, And even in the 60s, a group of Nobel Prize winning economists wrote a letter to um, uh, President Johnson saying, you've got to slow down the pace of technological change. It's going to cause unemployment. And you know what? During those thousands of years of technological change, the employment to population ratio has stayed pretty constant between 40 and 50 percent. So we tend to fall into the more optimistic camp. Yes, there will be more disruption uh, in the case of intelligent robots. They will become more common, more accessible, cheaper, um, but with a very important corollary. And And that's the idea that the goods and services that will be produced or help to be produced by these robots will become cheaper. Uh, And that's thus stimulates demand and it also stimulates demand for new products that we can't even imagine at the moment Um, uh, and and all of that together creates more job opportunities more productivity in the economy and as we know the only thing that drives wages higher is uh, is productivity growth so yeah we've 
we're in the optimistic camp. The technophobic argument has been given a bit of a boost over the last few years by a widely cited report by two professors at Oxford, mm. um, professors Frey and Osborne, and they came up with a, uh, a statistic that 40, I think 49% or 47% of jobs in the UK could be automated over the next yeah. few years. Now, actually, uh, and obviously, you know, that's a big mm. statistic, juicy, easy to understand, gets touted yeah. all, all the time. Now, actually, we think that is uh, not a good statistic to cite. And actually, Frey himself, in a report that he wrote with uh, um, uh, Rabari at City, um, actually caveated that and said, actually, I don't think the mm. threat of mass unemployment is coming anytime okay. soon. Yeah. And that's because most jobs are task-based, right? If you think mm. about the jobs that we, we do, yeah, maybe some parts of it could be automated, but... We also do a lot of other tasks that can't be automated. And so some economists at the OECD have done a study looking at very detailed time use studies of various mm. of all the different jobs out there. And they say, OK, well, a job is only going to be lost if 70% of the tasks that make up that job yeah. could be automated, could be done by a robot. And actually, when you use that much more insightful methodology mm. only nine percent of jobs okay. are at risk not 47 yeah so quite quite a, quite a few less than so um so perhaps we're not we're not under threat yet so um maybe this this wholesale job loss is not inevitable um but are there other potential repercussions that raise concerns that that you've seen in in your study yeah i mean there's certainly um uh, so, so some issues that could cause some disruption and, and, and do warrant uh, some some thinking about. I think first of all, even just nine percent of mm. jobs uh, at risk of of automation. That's you know almost one in ten people. That's mm. that's quite a lot of lot of people. Uh, and unfortunately, um, uh, government or private sector retraining programs are so poor that it is likely that if those people lose their jobs, they may mm. never get uh, another job or any other or any sort of decent career there thereafter. Um, also, yeah, what makes um, robots less of a threat? The fact that at the moment, and until we get really you know, incredible artificial general intelligence, mm. the stuff of science fiction where you can't tell the difference between a robot and a mm. machine, um, humans are going to be more complementary to robots than they are uh, you know, able to be substituted um, mm. for them. Uh, but are we producing the right young workers with the right skills in order to really maximise that complementarity? Mm. You know, we should our, educa our, our education systems. Uh, up to snuff in producing creative um, uh, people with a lot of social skills, which is where we are most competitive versus the robots. I'm not. Uh, I'm not so sure. And so uh, those sorts of issues do do warrant thinking about. And and there is a question of wages. Yeah. Will uh, an increasing prevalence of robots just be enough to place downward pressure? on real wage mm. growth, which has already been struggling uh, in, for many segments of society over the last decade. 
um, or, or, or so. And again, it's a it's a it's about which industries mm. um, uh, and which jobs are substitute substitutable and which ones are, are complementary to to robots. But how soon are we likely to see any of these effects? I mean, is this are we talking a few years? Are we talking a few decades? Well, um, so at the moment, a thousand dollars buys you enough computing power uh, to mimic the uh, a mouse's brain. Mm. But yeah, if we apply Moore's law, it won't be too long. Maybe only ten years before a thousand dollars buys you enough computing mm. power to to mimic a, a human brain. So in terms of the amount of processing power available, that will be coming through quite quickly. Mm. But do we actually have the technology and the the engineering technology to replicate all the complexity, not just the power, but all the complexity and the creative genius of the human brain? Uh, I think that's, that's a long way off. We've only just been able to replicate the complexity of a flatworm's brain, <laughs> right? So it might, uh, so, so it might take a while. <laughs> um, what other econ- economic dynamics um, have you seen at play within this debate, positive or negative? Well, unfortunately, I've seen a few people, a few analysts in the city write one report on automation and mm. say, oh, the robots are coming from our jobs. <laughs> and you know, a few months before or after, they've written a port- report about aging populations Mm -hmm. and there's not going to be enough people to do the work Mm -hmm. that we need now both of those can't be a problem Mm. Um, so I think one of the dynamics that is worth doing more research into is that interaction between aging populations and, and robotics is how to what extent do they net off uh, in terms of job losses, in terms of downward pressures on certain wages. I think that's quite an interesting uh, area to, to think about. And then also, you know, we've uh, moved the debate on away from employment and wages onto uh, interest rates. Yeah, we, we're looking at how uh, um, the start of large-scale investment into robots and uh, uh, and intelligent machines could alter the 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 imbalance between mm. savings and investment and potential growth that have all placed downward pressure on interest rates over the last twenty years. And we actually think that the good news is is that is that if you're one of these people who buys into the idea of secular stagnation, uh, and we're going to be stuck with Mm. very low interest rates for a long time which could have some very negative consequences for productivity uh, as well um actually the advent of of robotics could alter those dynamics uh in in the favor of higher interest mm. rates uh, and so that so we go into more detail in that in, in, in our report and that's quite an interesting area and, you know yeah. throughout the report we're trying to think about the bigger picture we talk Mm. about some of the specifics to do with personalized medicine electric vehicles but we also think about okay how does that fit into global the broad global 
dynamics that influence multi-asset portfolios and strategic asset allocation mm. over the long term. So that brings us nicely back to the sort of the investment picture. Um, and from that point of view, is there um, are there any lessons that investors can can perhaps draw from this vision of a, an increasingly automated world? Well, I mean, technology is 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 fascinating to any investor, mm. but it can also be a pretty surefire way to lose you money. <laughs> I mean, the the dot com crash is not yeah. too um, too far in the past. Actually, uh, and I'm about to conjecture wildly here, <laughs> Anna. But um, the but maybe one of the reasons why technology uh, is becoming more and more um, uh, prominent in the investment press in in questions we get asked at conferences is perhaps because we finally enough times passed since the dot com crash that we've forgotten about all the uh, the the sort of negatives of investing in, in technology. So I think. Lots of technology companies will fail as a huge you know, failure rate, and that's great. You know, we should embrace failure, but that means that investors need to be very diversified if they're going to invest yeah. in, te- in, te- in technology. Um, also, I think it's important to, uh, to, as I said, think about the the bigger picture. The gains, the biggest gains from a new technology may not accrue to uh, the inventor if there's very low barriers to replication uh, it, they may not accrue to the the, the 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 companies who adopt the new technology in order to make their goods uh, if all of their competitors adopt this new uh, technology at the same time so the gains in that situation may accrue to the consumer by cheaper products, which means you'd want to invest in retailers or mm. consumer discretionary stocks because they have now the consumer has more purchasing power. Mm. So I think it's important to think through um, investments in technology, and it's not always the case that the the technologists are the ones to go with. Great. Well, thank you very much. It's a, it's a very interesting topic, and we could talk about it for um, hours, I'm sure. But um, unfortunately, this is all we have time for today. Um, If you would like to get in touch with me um, with ideas or questions uh, about future podcasts, then please do send me an email on anna.fedorova, that's F-E-D-O-R-O-V-A at incisivemedia.com. Thank you for listening.